When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, once again, everybody. March Madness is still in effect for just a couple more hours anyway. As we head into April, Madness, the final four on deck in the women's game. And oh my goodness, I am here once again with Gabe Ibrahim sitting courtside on Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. And Gabe, my goodness, man. I mean, every week I say this, but I think it just gets higher and higher in terms of mm-hmm. the intensity of, of what we have seen over the last week. And for it to be March Madness and where the unexpected becomes the expected, I guess, or the other way around, the expected yeah. becomes the unexpected. I don't know. It has been madness, to say the least. It, it's been great. I mean, we you know, this is um, this year. I don't know if it's. If it's just like the moment we're in, in terms of women's sports growing, or if it's just because this tournament has been so good and so compelling for so many reasons, but it feels like there's a lot more attention on this year's tournament than there has been in the past. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it it is felt big time in a way that it, it doesn't happen enough in women's basketball. It feels big time to us because this is our sport. But it feels right. like everyone, mm-hmm. people I talk to, like have opinions and want to know about who who's who's this player. Like, what what happened in this game? It was crazy. So right. I'm. It's been crazy. It's been great for the game, and we yep. have what we have three more games left. Yeah, and they're That's all going to be fantastic. Game. 
they're all going to be great. I mean, I, I have like been seat belted watching all these games and it's been <laughs> super crazy. I mean, the elite eight, I mean, how great were those games? I mean, mm-hmm. those games, like it should have been a final eight. As far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned, it should have been a final eight. I know it's a final four. And, you know, the, the people on Twitter are like, oh, my God, she said final eight. Yeah. And it's whatever. You know what I mean? That's my personal opinion. And thanks for listening to Courtside with Christian Gates. Um, <laughs> but, but anywho, uh, I, I really think that those games were were so great. And I think you heard Gino Arima allude to that same fact that it's a shame that this game wasn't played in the final four. Um, you know, it was played in the Elite Eight. So, you know. I've thought about this pretty often. I don't care. You know, it's like, I just want the game to happen, right? Like your, your game, Maryland, Texas, and not this year's Maryland, Texas, which we are not talking about until the end because we're both going to be yeah. very upset when we yeah. start talking about that game. Yeah. I'm talking about Christy, you playing uh, for Maryland against Texas. That happened in the Elite Eight, and it was that awesome. Was, it was an Elite Eight game. And, you know, I found a little snippet and I posted my little uh, tiny oh, really? shorts. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was texting with some of my teammates uh, on that day of the um, current Maryland, Texas game. And mm-hmm. it was Vicki Bullitt and Daphne Lee, for those of you who are uh, Maryland um, fans and trackers. Everyone. And, uh, wait, can I, can I, if you don't know who Vicki Bullitt is and you're listening to this <laughs> podcast, like, please just pause it. Just pause it really quick. Go to like, go to Google and figure out who Vicky Bullet. That that's new. But so you were saying you found the snippet, little short shorts. Yeah. yeah, it was it was about two or three minutes uh, at the end of that game, and at Texas, you could kind of get a feel for it. And and it was so funny because we were saying, oh my gosh, look how fast we were. And and my uh, uh, my youngest son Jordan, he said he asked me before, like you know, weeks ago, mom, could you run? <laughs> like I've only seen you run, you know, to get out of the rain, you know, to save your hair. But uh, could you run? I was like, oh my gosh, like yeah, I could run. You know what I mean? And in that in that little snippet, I was I was rolling on that thing. Game. I was like, look at me running. Like I could never do that. <laughs> but we were moving. We were we were moving. No, I, you know. So, but my my whole thing though is like, elite eight games are great. If yeah. it happened in the Sweet 16, I'd be mad about it. Because, you know, there is a difference between the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. But That's true. Elite Eight, like, these are the eight best teams in the country. These games should all be amazing. So, Baylor and UConn, game of the game of the tournament. Um, right. Everyone was watching. Yeah. So, that, it happening then on the weekend, um, I think, was a big deal. So, like, yeah, maybe it should have been the – maybe those two teams are part of the best four teams in the country. But – when it happened, it was perfect because every eyeball was on it. LeBron James is watching this game. You know, Brian yeah. Fischer is watching this game. Everyone is watching this game and talking about it. Um, and we'll, we'll, we can get this out of the way quickly. Uh, the last play of the game, Dejana Carrington oh, yeah. got fouled. Come on, man. She got fouled. She got fouled. But, you know, to me, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but, like, I'm kind of just, like, tired of talking about that one play. Because in a game, in a game of that magnitude, there's so many yes. moments that matter. There are. Um, but I, did you want to – did you think it was a foul? Absolutely. <laughs> and it was – it was it, absolutely. And the thing about it, like, even if I, you know, if I were on the team, 
on the UConn team. And I saw my teammate do that. I'd be like, oh my God, like that's a, you know, like it's not, I'm not cheering for one team or the other. I'm looking at the game and yes, it, it shouldn't have come down to that, but it did. It shouldn't have, right? There's several things that happened in the game and it did uh, UConn get fouled on some shots. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think Gino Arviema said in the post-game presser, I was listening to him. He said he asked the official, how did that kid end up on top of Paige Becker's on that play? And the official said, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so one thing with that comment, I'm glad that he's not the only coach who asked questions to officials because yeah. I have my hand up in the air. Like <laughs> I asked questions, like, how does she end up on the ground then? Like it's, you know, how does she, how is she there? Um, so that was kind of refreshing to know that, you know, that, um, that he's allowed to say that. So, you know, I'm going to continue to question things, but it's just, you know, you just wonder how things happen. So yes, it, there were missed calls both ways, but when you're down to the wire in an elimination ball game and there was egregious contact made on a shot, you cannot swallow your whistle. And I've never officiated other than when I was like in high school and I officiated the little young mm-hmm. kids. But listen, I've got to watch all these videos and and these um, these Zooms and, and all these new rules changes and the wrinkles and the, the way to word things because of broadcasting, right? So it's a blessing and a curse, right? To, to know the, the rule of verticality that was definitely, definitely in play on that and, last and play, the and, and the rule against hitting someone in the face was also violated. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, and, and there was an, an there, at the beginning of that play, while she was still driving, right? There's, there's a ball handling rule, right? When, when you are driving, there cannot be constant contact, but there was constant contact on her arm before she even gathered for the shot. And then the shot, she gets pummeled. And I'm like, how do you not, how do you not call that? Like that's, it's, I mean, and the thing about it that's really, uh, frustrating is that Baylor has to sit with that and mm-hmm. they're not going to, and Gino's like, um, to LeBron's comments. Well, uh, you know, LeBron was like, Hey man, that's foul. Come on, man. That's a foul or something. And Gino was like, well, I'm sure, you know, <laughs> if his team <laughs> was called, he's never given foul, a he's not going to give them the win back. Like, here you go. Okay. Well, yeah, it's a foul. So here's the win. Like, no. And that's not the purpose of the comment, but at the same time, if it had been reversed, and that play oh was God. a UConn player shooting that ball, yeah. and and the and the circumstance was exactly the same. Gino wouldn't. I don't know what Gino would say, and I don't know if that he'd be losing his missed. mind. I, say it again. He'd be losing his mind. Like, I mean, like it's, it's, it'd be the same horrible. thing, just flipped. Yeah, it's it's horrible either way. And I, you know, I feel bad for Kim Mulkey, and I, I think had it been flipped and they missed the call, I would feel bad for Gino. Oh, yeah. Because the bottom line is that the call was missed, period, point blank, the end. Like it was missed. And either way, it, it would have been detrimental uh, for for either coach. And this this time, unfortunately, it was Baylor that yeah. was on the wrong side of it. Uh, and, it's, well, and it's tough. It stings me. And I'm not even, you know, in it like that. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, ma- I'm mad that it kind of it kind of took away from the game um, because the refs, sure. honestly, were asleep at the wheel to a certain extent for the whole game. Like they were just letting everything go. And like, you know, if I'm playing pickup or like it's a middle school game, like sure. But this is the, the elite eight, um, you know, and I, you know, I'm with you. It's a foul and I feel bad for yeah. Baylor and 
I, I think I would agree with UConn. Like, I don't care. We're going to win however we win. If the refs don't yeah. call that's not my fault. I can't do anything about the refs. I can only feel play that. my game. The person I feel bad for, though, is Nalissa Smith. Yeah. He was wide open on I both know. of Baylor's last possessions. And, and Dejana Carrington was having, you, you know, one of those games where it's just like you're out of your mind and, and yeah. you're playing so well that I think you, yeah. you kind of get zoned into like, I need to do this. Like, this is on my shoulders now. But yeah. she had Smith wide open the three point line with about yeah. a minute left that could yeah. have, on a possession that could have tied the game. And then again, yeah. there on that last possession. And yeah. it would have been a tough pass. But Still. it's just one of those things that like, it's it's easy for me to say sitting at home and I'm yelling to pass the ball, but I understand Dejana Carrington saying, you know, this is on my shoulders or like this is the play we're running or you know, I, yeah. I just I understand where she's coming from, but I really feel bad for Melissa Smith because she's sitting there and to her it's like I didn't even get the opportunity to lose the game. That's 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 the crushing part. And you're the team's, and I'm sure, I mean, I'm, you know, no, no offense to everyone else on the team, but she's the team's best player. Yeah. When you're the team's best player, like, yeah, that's, you want that ball in your hands. So I wonder how it's going to affect her going forward in terms of how she approaches that late game. Um, yeah. Because it might, it might turn her more into a ball handler to say, like, I'm, I'm, I want the ball. I want I'm not giving that up. Yeah, I'm not passing. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I do feel bad for her too. I mean, she's an all American first team. All American. I mean, she wants to have that moment. I'm sure to to win it or not, right? Uh, but the not knowing—that's the killer part. And then who knows if they did call that foul? Would both free yep. throws have gone in for Carrington? We just don't know. And I think that's the the hardest part too. Is just you don't even get the opportunity to find that out. And that's what sits with you as a player and as a coach when you feel like the the platform wasn't, wasn't leveled in that way in terms of being, you know, having the integrity of the rule book and whether it's that call or the several calls that were let go, which I don't, I don't really like that because then now we can just out physical you because this is what they're allowing. Mm -hmm. So then someone gets hurt. So wouldn't that have been sad? Like, okay, we're just going to be in a mosh pit and play. And then someone goes down with a crazy injury. Um, you know, that's why you don't do it that way. <laughs> and yeah, you can, you know, have a, a little bit of leniency, but you know, you, you can't stray that far away from what the rule book tells you to do. And that, that was tough to watch. Classic, classic coach over here. Just, yeah. just wants to get after the officials. <laughs> um, I also want to ask, and you know, we've gone, we've gone like plenty into this conversation without mentioning yeah. that Paige Becker's had 28 points on 10 of 22 shooting. Uh, she's a, freaking freshman also she just won ap player of the year um first freshman to ever do that so it's safe yeah. to say that page is changing the game but i kind of wanted to flip it on the other side to the person guarding page for most of this game dd richards like i'm not sure there there are not many players in basketball that could have a bigger impact with four points on four shots than dd richards had in this game because yes. when she was in she was all over Paige. And it's not like, you know, Paige got her points or whatever, but she was all over all of UConn's guards. And she gave such form and structure to Baylor's defense. And so, and and then on the offensive end, just bringing up the ball, being able to understand who needs the ball. Like 
her going down with an injury in that third quarter completely flipped the script. And then immediately after UConn went on that 19 0 run. So, right. I mean, yeah, the type, have you seen what, who are some of the types of players that you think of when you see a DD Richards? Cause to me, there's not, she's almost unique in that she can completely yeah. change a game without shooting that much or even assisting that much. Just like, just the, her presence just completely gives form and structure to your offense and defense. I mean, I don't know if I'm stretching it here, but I mean, Tamika Catchings comes to yeah. mind. I mean, just a defensive stalwart, just where she needed to be on defense all the time um, and got to the glass too. But I think, you know, it was just hard to see mm-hmm. Dee, Dee Richards pull up like that. Like when her, you could just see her leg and everything and just understanding that, you know, she was paralyzed for two days in December. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, her body is betraying her right now. I didn't know what the injury was initially. Like it just looked like, I mean, it, and I, and I didn't want to watch the replay of it because it was, it was so scary because of her previous injury. And, uh, you know, when she came back, she tried it, but you can just tell that she was just dragging that leg around and uh, they tried to tape it and do put stuff on it. I, you know, I don't know, but she just wasn't the same in terms of her lateral speed. Um, and her, her, I guess her agility on the defensive side. And she couldn't use that same kind of disruptiveness that she had, um, before that happened. And so that was just, that was hard to watch, but, um, but she's definitely built differently in terms of what she brings to the table in defensive end. And, and that's what kids need to see that too. Um, they need to see that it's not just about getting a bucket. It's about getting me a stop, you know? And mm-hmm. I say that all the time because I think, you know, you see all the highlights of the scoring prowess of these players, whether it be um, men or women, um, WNBA or college or, you know, NBA, I just think that, you know, the more you see value in bearing down and playing some tough defense, mm-hmm. the better it is. I mean, you can be a, a player who doesn't score. I mean, and another one, I mean, if you go a little bit further back, Dennis Rodman, I mean, yeah. there was a, a graphic where he had zero points. He had 20 rebounds Yeah, and he was in his opponent's ear. Like you're not getting an easy touch. And if you do score, okay, you're not going to do it again. And that was, I don't know, that kind of mentality along with Tamika Catchings, I think is, is definitely what Dee Dee Richards is all about. Yeah. You know, she still has a long way to round out her game, but I just think the ability to be in the right place at all Mm -hmm. times, whether it's offense or defense and to understand what the right play is, you're not going to make the right play on every single play. No. No one in basketball has ever done that. But right. understanding where to be and what the right play is is extremely underrated when you're not someone who's scoring the basketball or getting all the assists or grabbing all the like she doesn't yeah. she doesn't do those things, but what she does do is is provide something that every team needs. I'm not sure like I'm not a scout. Like I can't tell you how good she's gonna be in the WNBA. I'm not even sure she's gonna come out. She still has the free year, everybody does. But yeah. it, it's just to me like you have to um, – someone on your team needs to do something that D.D. Richards does. Whether it's get you a stop, whether mm-hmm. it's make the right pass, the person that's going to make the assist, whether exactly. that's whether it's just crash the boards or cut through hard. Mm-hmm. Like, those things are supremely underrated, and I yeah. think that's exactly what D.D. Richards brings. Now, we do have to talk about UConn because 
as I mentioned, Paige had 20, 28 points. Kristen Williams had 21 yeah. points. This team, yeah, incredible understanding of the moment of like, mm-hmm. there's blood in the water. It's time to strike. Yeah. To me, I didn't come into this tournament thinking that UConn was the best team in the country. I'm starting to believe it. <laughs> Are you? I, you know, I am incredibly impressed. And, and I think, you know, I, I don't know if they're the best at this moment, but I think that they are executing at a high level. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a, a, a fine line right there um, with that notion. But I think when you're talking about this UConn team, what's most impressive is they have seven freshmen and they don't have one senior on the roster. So to me, they're executing at such a high level of competitive maturity that that may give them the edge. And that's probably what you're talking about. Like they're, are they the best because of their execution? I think there's a lot to Mm -hmm. be said for that argument as well, but you know, you have a team like Stanford who had to battle back against Louisville and you know, everyone they're saying they're the, the favorite in the final four is Stanford. And, and, you know, uh, South Carolina has something to say about that. Mm -hmm. I think Don Staley has done a, a magnificent job and Adia Barnes Copa. I mean, my girls, the WNBA going back and, and giving back to these young ladies. And then, you know, with Adia going obviously with her alma mater and, and Ari McDonald being as fabulous as she has been. And then you have Aaliyah Boston on the inside. I just think that everybody, like, it's like, it's like looking at a, a cornucopia of like your favorite vegetables or fruits or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, well, which one are you going to go for first? Like, if you see all that, all of it looks great. It's enticing. It's fantastic. But what's your favorite thing? And, that, and that's why it makes it so difficult. That's why they call it March Madness. That's why, you know, everybody's different. Every team is different. But I think what sets UConn apart is their lack of experience and that they have seven freshmen. And so that could either be a bonus for them because they don't know better. And yep. here we are in this stage and we're just going to go for it or it could backfire. So it, it's obviously remains to be seen, but when you have teams like South Carolina who are primed for the moment, <laughs> who I can't believe held Texas I scoreless know. with like two and a half minutes to go in the third, all the way through the fourth. I mean, unprecedented. Charted, uh, uncharted waters there. Yeah. That has never happened in an NCAA tournament game. And and that's just, I mean, that just speaks to what Dawn is all about. And I love her comments too with, with LaChina Robinson after the game and just how she was talking about her sister who has been going through cancer treatment and everything and how her sister was there. And I don't know, it's just bigger than basketball. It's always like that with Dawn. Mm. And it, it was just uh, just fun to watch. And I, and I love her. I love what she's done with the program but at the same time, is, is UConn the best team? I mean, they've all proven themselves to be we, we can, the we best can talk. team for now. <laughs> I, might, I may have been jumping the gun because we can preview Different the Final reason. Four. We Different can preview reason. the Final Four. Um, but I do, actually, I do want to talk a little bit about South Carolina. Um, yeah. Also, I'm in, in a bit, I always talk about the book I'm reading, but I'm still reading uh, Pat Summit's biography sum it up um and i'm at the part where she has she had to play don staley in virginia i believe in the elite eight oh yes um, and don staley like killed him i think this might have been was it this might have been 89 so this might have been the same year you did virginia make it 
I'm not sure. Um, it was, I think no, she it was, was 90. It was 90. So it was a year. Yeah. She was, she was two years behind. So she was, it was her sophomore year and didn't it go double overtime or something? Yes. And she, yeah, she still she sunk. And then they played again uh, in the, in the final four, the next or in the championship game the next year. So it, it, Pat Summit has the utmost respect for Dawn Staley. Cause she was like, this person was killing us. Like she didn't want to <laughs> have, she, she was having, she had to, uh, have her she went on a recruiting trip and she was going to have her her kid tyler um, oh, i remember that and then she was they were going to land in virginia and she refused to land in virginia because she did not want to have the kid in virginia because of don staley that's just a, that's just the thing about don staley that i want to mention yeah. because it was really funny um yeah. but don I, I this is to me the best defense in the country um in terms of just like like you mentioned they held texas scoreless and this texas team is good as we saw against maryland like this Texas team is real good. They they can beat you. And I think what's really happening that's great for South Carolina is Zia Cook is taking control of this team. She is saying because yeah. Aaliyah Boston's great, but when you're best when you're when you're relying on your post player to score all the points, it's tough for them to do what they do on the defensive end in the NCAA tournament because the teams are too good. There's too yeah. much energy being expended on that end. So yeah. I think Zia Cook coming out and being the leader on this team on both ends has been huge for them. Yeah, it's been amazing. And I think they have needed that all along when they lost those couple of games in the SEC um, competition before the tournament. It was because they were relying um, mostly on the guards and they went away from Boston on the interior and then they went back inside to Boston. And now I think it's going back out to cook. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think they that's the beauty of their roster. But, too, they're, getting, but they're getting to the paint still. That's the biggest they thing. They're getting to the paint. They are. And I think that's, you know, and I, I, the versatility of that is what you want going into mm-hmm. the final four. You don't want your interior player to be the one who is dependent upon because they can scheme a little bit differently against the posts and, and double up, wall up on the weak side, make it a lot more difficult to get touches to those post players. So the fact that Cook is able to get loose along the perimeter, but also, like you said, Gabe, attack the paint off of drives. They set a lot of nice screens along that weak side and she can get downhill and and finish. I think that's been, that's been great to see for South Carolina. I think they're going to continue to need that kind of balance. It's not going to be all cook. It's not going to be all Boston, but both of them together, that's what they need. They need them both at their highest levels. And, you know, you have to, you have to respect her. If you're defending, if you're an opponent, you, you have to respect what cook does. And that's going to make it a little more easy for uh, Boston on, on the inside to get the touches that she wants where she wants it, which is right in that restricted area. So she can finish easily. Yep. No, I think Destiny Henderson is playing really well too. Also quietly, Victoria Saxon's having an amazing tournament and she's been yes. huge for this team. Like she has been really, she's been really playing well, 12 points against uh, Texas six eight from the field eight rebounds like doing doing a little bit of everything to get this team over the hump. Latisa uh, may here also playing really really well. Um, so South Carolina's clicking. I definitely say yeah. South Carolina's clicking right now. And defense, I don't I don't want to play like that's a nope. <laughs> that's a team out. That's a team out to kill you. Um, yeah. Do you want? I want to talk about Arizona and Indiana because that was a good game. And both those teams deserve a shine for making their first elite eight. But I did want to pause for a second on the basketball. As you mentioned, two WNBA players, two black women coaching in this final four for the first time. 
What does that mean to you, Christy? Oh, wow. That means everything to me. I, I tell you, you know, I, I posted something. I said, um, you know, they're not just the recruiters. And I, I put recruiters in air quotes because when I was coaching in college and I heard it. So this is not like some kind of like thing that I was assuming or I'm guessing mm -hmm. this is what it was. No, no, no. This was something that I actually heard. Okay. Um, there were boxes that needed to be checked um, in the hiring process. And there has to be one of these. There has to be one of these. There has to be one of these. Seriously. Mm -hmm. I mean, I heard that. So for me, I'm not just putting it out there like to say something, you know, for I don't care if, if no one liked it. I'm saying it because that's that's my personal experience. And that's what it was for me. You're you're a recruiter. You get the kids in here and then we'll do the work. You you just recruit them. And I think there hasn't been the opportunity for black women to prove that they are worthy of success. So yes, this is a huge moment for me. I am, I am at the top of the list of people who are thrilled for this moment because one of them is going to win. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like either it, 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 somebody's going one of them's going to win. So I just think for, for me to, to see that whole landscape change, I mean, that, that's, that, that just gives the, the next generation, you know, the hope that's necessary. Yep. That, you know, you, you just, I mean, if you don't see it, I mean, I think we've been saying that too. Like if you never see it, you just never think that, that, that it's possible because you've been told you're not ready. Or you've been told, oh, just recruit, um, you know. But, you know, I think Patrick Ewing on the for Georgetown, when they won the Big East Championship, the tournament championship, um, they were talking to him about winning and how, you know, he never really got a chance to be a coach in the NBA because he's mm -hmm. a post player. And I think this is the same kind of notion, um, you know, with, with former players, you know, black women, um, and, and it's, just, it's the same thing. And I think Patrick said, you know, John Thompson always told him that, you know, it's not just guards who can be great coaches and decision makers and who could be smart about basketball. You can do this. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they won that was amazing. And then on top of that, Don Staley was wearing the John Thompson t-shirt, yep. cutting down the nets for the regional championship. So, I mean, there's an understanding there that has levels to it in terms of what this moment means for not just the two of them, but for many, 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 many others. And when I say many others, it's others who were ahead of them in terms of having opportunities to be assistant coaches who never got the opportunity to be a head coach. And then for the ones coming behind them to actually see the possibilities of the future of the game and the future of the the successes that are, are available to them because someone said, you know what, we're going to give you a chance. Mm -hmm. And when the chance is given, Oh my goodness, look, it's like 50% of the, you know, 50% of the final four is, is going to be coached by a black woman. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they both played in the WNBA, I think also is so beautiful to see and just the evolution of, of that and players giving back and, knowing who they were as WNBA players and 
Adia won a championship in Seattle and, and Dawn did such a great job with Charlotte and all across her time, with the ABL and as an Olympic gold medalist. I mean, it's just, I mean, I don't know. It's just kind of storybook to me. It's storybook to me, but it's, it's beautiful. And I am so thrilled to know them. Number one, I'm so glad I know them a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, but I just love the, the imaging that they are setting forth for, for our young women of color, our black women who, who see black women in charge. And, and it, you know, when you brought up John Thompson, this is something I've been thinking about a lot because obviously John, John passed. Um, so did John Cheney, there's two pioneers in the yeah. sport. Um, but I always think about when he was, you know, he was told, I, I forget when this, he tells the story of um, him being the first black head coach to win a national champion championship. And he said, I did not like that because it, it assumes that I was the first person capable. Whereas really I was just the first person given the opportunity. Come on now. The, these, these two women, Dawn, who has already been there, Adia, who is getting there and building a great program in Arizona. Yeah. They are given the opportunity and they're, they're doing what we could expect from a lot of other players coming, coming up. I hope, and I think that, I think we will, we're going to see this. There's going to be more players doing what Adia Barnes and Don Staley are doing, taking yeah. teams to the final four. And, and, and we're going to see more of this. This is, you don't, you don't count the first. Maybe Don said this. I don't remember. But the first, you don't count the first unless there's going to be more. Or maybe, oh, yeah. it was Carolyn Peck. It was Carolyn Peck. It was Peck Carolyn said. Peck. It was yep. Carolyn Peck who was the first was the first black woman to win a national championship. Championship. Yeah. Um, you don't count. You don't count the first unless there's going to be more. And there's going to be more. Yeah. So on that front, um, it's great to see. In terms of the game for Arizona, Harry McDonald. My goodness. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a lot about Paige, and Paige has been great. And I don't want to take anything away from Paige. To me, Erin right. McDowell's been the player of this tournament. She has yes. been doing it on both ends. There are moments in every single game that Arizona has played where McDonald said, um, but we're not losing this game. She said, we're not losing this game. Y'all follow me. You get on my back, both ends of the court. I'm going to get a steal and score. I'm going to hit a three. I'm going to come back. I'm going to shut down the other team's best player. And yep. at her at her size, and you know, in her in her story here at Arizona, she came she came to the school when it was not a it, it wasn't a I'm gonna just say it, it wasn't a good decision to go to Arizona if she wanted to win final if she wants to be in the final four. But she right. believed in Adia Barnes, she believed in the Wildcats, and she has led this team to the final four. To me, player of the tournament, I want her on my WNBA team. If I had one, I want her. Because yeah. man, would she she is such a leader on this team and she scored 33 points the other night. So like yeah, I, I what more do you want from her? <laughs> well, I mean, I think she gave you everything that she had. And the last two games in particular, I mean, over 60 points combined in those two games, and then combined to knock in 11 threes, yeah. six in the uh, sweet 16 game and and five in the elite eight game. Come on, man. And the thing about it, like. I mean, what do they list? Just uh, five, four? Yeah, yeah, something like five. that. It's like no hmm. way. And I don't, hey, man, listen. <laughs> Maybe with the, shoes the, on. The platforms with the fish in them. Hey, listen. They list our five, six, Christy. <laughs> I don't no. know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Yeah, really, 
she's a little thing, but boy, she is a firecracker. And oh my gosh, the only player that um, that was that size that kind of committed to both sides of the ball was Ivory Latta to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had the ability. You know? And when they went to the final four with uh, Carolina, I mean, she was a little tiny little thing, but don't tell her that because on the inside, she was seven, seven, two, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's like you said, like the mentality that she had. Uh, and after that uh, sweet 16 game, to get them to the elite eight. She said, I heard someone say that uh, we weren't going to, uh, get past this this game and they were talking smack about us and I took that personally I was like uh-oh like oh, yeah, right from that it. moment I was like that is trouble for anyone ahead of Arizona um and, and just because she is such like you said a, a great leader but she is just she's just wise I think with her choices with what she says I mean she'll uh, she got by a couple times early in that game for Arizona and just started clapping her hands, mm-hmm. like bring it, like bring mm-hmm. it all. Like her whole vibe was like, next play, I'm going to get it. And I'm going to do it again. Like, <laughs> it's like, she was firing me up and I'm not even out there, but oh my God, would you love to play with a player like oh, Ari McDonald yeah. because of that? Like, of course uh, the WNBA is, is looking at her. And of course she is, um, you know, already saying that she is going to go to the WNBA instead of coming back to Arizona. You know, but I think her upside is tremendous because of her mentality alone. I love that motivate. I, I think, and I want to. If someday maybe she'll be like straight up about this, I think that was a motivational technique to say before because she didn't have to declare when she did. I think that was like just before the tournament. She said, "This is my last go round. Mm-hmm. This is it. This we're is gonna it. do it now, or we're not gonna do it as this yeah. group of people." I think to me that gives you a little bit of juice if you're her teammate, because you see her, you're a leader on the court, probably a leader off the court, giving everything she has in her last time here. Like that would push me to work harder. And that would put, I think that pushes her to, to give you, everyone works really hard in this tournament. I'm not saying that anything different, but the, the difference between winning and losing in this game is so small, man. It's so small that any little push that you can get to get over a Texas A&M, to get over an Indiana, maybe get over a UConn, (laughs) that's where those things come from. Like those little motivating, like this is my last go around. Like we have to do it for her and she has to do it for us. Like that's that to me was like a really smart, like you said, wise, wise decision. Uh, Do you want to talk about Stanford? I do because man, listen, I mm-hmm. thought Stanford you had a thought. little conundrum. <laughs> I thought I was like, uh oh now, uh oh, Louisville was on one and Dana Evans was oh wee, she was cooking. I was like, oh my gosh, like they have like they had the confidence, they had the momentum, they were up 12, and it just didn't seem like Stanford was able to make the plays necessary to get back into that game until they did. Until they did. And man, they just, they just overtook Louisville. And then it was like, it was almost like it was a 180. And it was like Louisville had the same kind of stagnant energy mm-hmm. that Stanford had all game until that moment that they turned the corner and tied the game. And then they went ahead. And then they went ahead by more. And Louisville mm-hmm. was kind of like, 
really trying to find some traction and couldn't find it. It was intriguing I, to me. Do you have the moment? Because I have I have a moment where I was like, oh, Stanford's going to win this. Like, they were down. I think it was an 11-point game at this point. I've, I've talked about this on, on a different podcast. But mm-hmm. Anna Wilson, who it was I, Wilson, did, yeah. I did not know she was Russell Wilson's sister until this tournament started because – I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> I've watched this team a lot. Like I've talked about them a lot. It just never occurred to me that she could be Russell Wilson's sister. But that's neither here nor there. She, Anna Wilson on a play where Stanford had a stuck in the mud offensive possession. Like they had for a lot of the first half. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get a shot. I think it, it ended with uh, Lexi Hall take, taking some sort of like bad jumper from yeah. the elbow or from the corner. Yeah. Louisville gets the rebound. Everybody else starts running down court. Mm-hmm. Anna Wilson does not. She comes in from the corner, rips the ball out of, I don't remember whoever the Louisville re- rebounder was, rips the ball out of her hands, passes it to Lexi Hall, who's coming back because she knows this is what happens. Mm-hmm. They get a bucket, and then boom, you see that switch flip. Yeah, That's what a great team does. They, they, they're in their heads just waiting for it. They're saying, okay, yeah. we got to stay in distance. We got to stay in distance because we know the moment's coming that's going to change this game. That's going to give us momentum and, and yeah. push us to get to get back to where we know we are as a team. That was the moment. And that to me is like, that's just, that that's leadership. That is what you need to get to a Final Four is that type of play where you're saying, okay, this play's over. But for me, it's not. And because yeah. we need this play right now. If we don't get this play right now, we could go down 16 and then maybe the game's over, right? Yeah, so it's like I, I thought that moment to me was really cool and just uh, it was the you're watching that game the whole time like Stan, I know Stanford to me Stanford has been the best team in the country this year mm-hmm. so far that I was waiting for something like that to happen so that they could yeah. show everyone that they were the best team in the country so far this year I think that's what happened I, I agree with that and I think you know I had Stanford um, I think it was a couple of years ago at Ohio State and it may have been the fall was it the fall of of 19 or it may have been the year before i can't remember but it was at ohio state because of tara vanderveer's history at ohio mm-hmm. state where she started there in, in the yeah. early 80s before she mm-hmm. went to stanford and um anyway it was a really great story so I, I knew about the the wilson connection there um with anna and i love that he's there with sierra and the babies yeah. uh, watching anna toy but i do think that it was her tenacity on the defensive end you know, in that particular play, but she was guarding Dana Evans all game. And sometimes she, she fell behind the screens and you just can't. Um, and sometimes she fell behind the screen and still got there in time to contest. But Dana Evans was knocking in logo threes uh, in that contest. But, but I think when it came down to gritting the game out, it was Anna Wilson who displayed that kind of toughness. And I think everyone else got on board after that particular play that you were talking about. And then now everyone else is like, well, when can I get to a, a, a loose ball? When can I grab the ball out of somebody's hands? When can mm-hmm. I get this rebound? And I think it really lifted the level of, of intensity and competitiveness for every player and everyone on the bench and the staff, you could see like the whole momentum was changed because of, of the spirit of, of that kind of competitive level that she displayed to start things off for them. So, I mean, moving forward, they just have to start out of the gates with that because I don't think they can have a slow start in this final four at all and, and overcome any of the teams who are remaining. 
Um, but I think that they're definitely capable, but they don't want to have to utilize so much energy to fight back that they, that they can't fight back mm-hmm. and they can't and, get over the hump. And the, and the, um, the other thing that was interesting was Ashton Prechtel coming off, off, off the bench. Like she only got in, she only yeah. started playing because Cameron Brink, uh, went down with like a, a hamstring strain for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see. And we'll, we'll talk more about Brink, but yeah, it was just like, those are, this is again, what great teams do. You mm-hmm. have unexpected contributors because Prechtel has not played that much this year. And she came in in the biggest moment of the season and said, I'm here. I'm going yeah. to do something great for us. Um, mm-hmm. But I also, I want to shout out Dana Evans because, you know, you're talking about Ari McDonald. I think Ari at McDonald and Evans are two sides of the same coin. Um, didn't work out for Evans the way it worked out for McDonald to get to that final four. And, but she left it all out there and that's not a yeah. gamer that I'm excited to see play in the pros. I mean, yes. Again, I'm not a scout, but <laughs> you give me that grit. You give me that, the, the, mm-hmm. the, how much she's worked on her game, even just this year, how much better she's gotten from the beginning of the year to the end of the year now. Mm-hmm. Me, I, I was very, very impressed. I think she's going to have a, a good career in the WNBA as a contributor um, because, I, you know, you can't teach – there's some things you can't teach in life. And right. that type of that type of intensity, that type of um, leadership is stuff you can't teach. Um, so I hope, yeah. I hope she, gets, uh, she gets picked in the first round and we can see her on a really good team. Um, okay, do you want to break down the Final Four? Is that is – because that, I, I, I've – I do. I, I do want to just, I just want to tag what you said about Dana real oh, quick. Yeah, you know, you know, her freshman year at Louisville, you know, she was on the all freshman team and then she was like most improved and um, six player and then two time ACC player of the year. So this is a kid who has just done it. And you said it like she's gotten better from the beginning of this season to the end of it. So her, her wheelhouse is continuing to grow. And, and we've seen that from her freshman season on but yeah, she laid it all on the line and I, I just respect her so much. I mean, an all American, obviously, but she is, she's a tough worker and she does it the right way. And, um, you know, Jeff Walls, I think brought up the best in her game and it was just tough, you know, that they couldn't maintain the, the lead that they had over Stanford and, and just couldn't get, get it back. You know, they had it and then they just couldn't get it back in that game. But yeah. yeah. The timing is off. It's just like, I wonder what happens if Louisville is just slightly like if Haley Van List is a sophomore instead mm-hmm. of a freshman, how different is that game? Um, but we'll talk, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll, we'll be able to talk about Louisville in the future and Dana Evans in the future. Yeah. Um, but we got, we got two more games on Friday, South Carolina versus Stanford, Arizona, UConn. Uh, I kind of want to start this UConn game because I've been trying to map out a way. Cause I, so when you go to her hoop stats, they have mm-hmm. this cool new tool. Oh, herhoopstats.com. Yeah, her you can have um, your predicted winner. So we have a predicted winner, a predicted score, uh, predicted mm-hmm. total points. So when you look at this UConn-Arizona game, the, mo- the Her Hoop Stats model is giving UConn a 90.7% chance of winning. Wow. And it's saying that UConn is going to win by 15.3 points. Wow. I kind of want to take a picture of it and send it to Ari McDonald and Adia Barnes. Um, <laughs> just 
it was like, like it's like that or a match like either way it would be like right it's like I, I could send them a gallon of gasoline as well um and it's gonna have the same effect because i don't know i mean obviously i'd, I'd like we were saying i'd probably pick yukon because they just look so good and, and you know outside of McDonald, yeah. the rest of the rest of Arizona hasn't been great. I mean, Kate Reese has been good. They, they have had they've had plenty of people yeah. stepping up, but it's not it's not the same as you know when you look at this UConn team, especially the way point right now. I just think it's a little bit much, right? So I'm trying to map out an upset plan for Arizona. Do you right. do you have one in your mind of like, okay, I I've, I'm telling you, Arizona wins on Friday. What happened in that game? Arizona wins on Friday. What happened in that game would be not just Ari McDonald scoring the ball. Mm-hmm. And while capable of getting 30, they're going to need more than that from the rest of the team. Uh, and I think it has to be it has to be at least two or three in double figure scoring. It has to be um, winning on the glass, at least a plus 10. Like they've got to just go for it. They've got to limit possessions for UConn because they they just have too many weapons on that side inside and out um UConn's size I mean that could be an issue on the interior because it's not just that they're tall they're mobile and tall and they get to the glass like they they fight for those boards and so I just think that um if Arizona wins that game it's going to be because they won the glass and they have at least three and double figures. And, and Ari might not be the high score. Like, she may not be the high score for them. But, you know, definitely capable. I'm not saying she's not capable. But you best believe, you know, Kristen Williams is going to be sitting right in her lap. Like, she sat in the lap of uh, Caitlin Clark in, in mm. their game earlier in the tournament. And she's probably going to get that assignment, I, I would believe. So, I think that's going to be intriguing to watch as well, but she's got to be able to handle um, the presence of Williams. Who's going to be a little bit bigger than some defenders that she's seen this tournament. But I also think that it's, it's got to be a balanced effort for Arizona I agree. and second chance points. I think that's going to be big, but that goes along with what I said about boards. No, I agree. I think it has to be, I mean, Kate Reese and Trinity Baptiste have to have big games like to your, to your point. Um, because when you look at the, when you look at the front court for UConn, um, well, they're three, they're four, five, you know, because I think right. I think their wing, uh, Vienna Westbrook plays kind of up, so you're not, you know, that this is kind of a different thing. But the, just their four, five, the four, five matchup, Arizona has to dominate that because I think Olivia Nelson Adota, um, she can, she's a great player. I'm I'm a huge fan of her, and like I'm always, I've been, I think I've said this on this podcast, like. I'm always asking more of her because I think she has so much more in yeah. her game. Um, mm-hmm. But she's got, she's got to do, she's got to do more. I think she had three points in the last game. Aaliyah Edwards has to step up. Aubrey Griffin, all three of those players, because you Gino's only playing six players right now. Um, yeah. They have to step up and, and do, and do something on in terms of points offensively and grab offensive rebounds because I'm don't think, Page is going to have 28 points if Ari McDonald's on her, right? Like, mm. I don't, I'm not sure how easy it's going to be um, for her to score that many points. Baylor has great defenders sure. at the guard position, but McDonald's is of a different breed. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe it's up to Kristen Williams, who's been fantastic this tournament. I mean, Westbrook's had her moments in this tournament offensively. 
But I think they're going to need something from that four or five position. And Kate Reese, Kate Reese is a great player. Like, yeah. don't get it twisted. Like, she can she can put right. up points. She's the second mm-hmm. leading scorer on this team, 11, 11 points per game. She can put right. up points. So she's going to have a big game. And that's that's kind of the matchup I'm looking for. So I think if, if the way this happens is Arizona dominates mm-hmm. that four or five matchup. And then, you know, they have to hold they have to hope Williams and Westbrook don't have big games because I think if you're putting McDonald on Beckers, I, I believe in McDonald there. That's gonna be oh my god, that's such gonna be so good. It's gonna be such a good match. That's gonna be such a good um but you know, we'll see. Cause that you, you could also put McDonald on Williams because she's on Baltimore. I true there, there's a lot of different machinations here, but um mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm excited to see that how that how that turns out. I'm still. I mean, I'll, I'll say my pick though. Like I'm picking UConn, but I'm picking Arizona to cover. Arizona's not going to lose by 13 and a half points. <laughs> okay, I'm picking I'm, UConn. I'm, I'm I'm taking South Carolina. Wait, no, no, no. For the for this game. Oh, for this game, I thought you meant overall. Come on, <laughs> giving away the game here. I'm sorry, Christy. Totally unlike me because I'm not really a chooser like that. Anyway, you're yeah, so it, confident. <laughs> I did bust it out. Just say it. But anywho, uh, rewind and do the, you know, men in black, like the thing that zaps out and then you forget what I just said anyway. But I think in this game, I think, you know, if, if things go wrong on the glass and the things go wrong in terms of post defense or paint defense or containment of that area, it's going to be a problem for Arizona. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, UConn could do it because of their balance and the confidence that they're playing with. Like I said, with no seniors, they're just playing with the, uh, a recklessness that and, and I say that in the in the most kind yes. way. Yeah. When I say reckless, it's, it's not reckless. like unorganized. It, it's uh, organized recklessness. There you go. Um, but they're just they're just so young. And, you know, with the seven freshmen that they're just in this moment and they they're going to take it over because it's there for them. And that's just what, what some young players can compartmentalize and get done. And, you know, like I said before, we've seen that with that 06 Maryland team that had freshmen and sophomores win the whole thing. So it's not, it's not unconscionable to have that happen. Yeah. But I think those factors have to be in place. Like if Arizona cannot contain the paint or they do not get balanced scoring and they are not boarding well, that, that those three factors will, will not allow for Arizona to be successful. I'm I'm a, I'm a tweet out our, our, her group stats prediction here. Although I hope they don't like unfollow <laughs> us because they shouldn't, but it's just a model people. It's just, it's just uh, numbers. It's just zeros and ones. Yeah. So that doesn't, that doesn't have much to do with the outcome of the game. Speaking of zeros and ones, uh, Stanford, South Carolina, yeah. Our, this is our our model is predicting something very close. Fifty two percent chance of Stanford winning. The margin though is at point six point zero point six points. Which wow. So it's it's they they have it at a low scoring well lowish scoring game, um, with Stanford coming out with a little bit better of a chance of winning. We wow. Know that you're, so to me here, we know you're picking South Carolina. <laughs> South Carolina. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I I am picking South Carolina because of the way that they displayed their defensive prowess against Texas mm-hmm. in in that quarter in a quarter uh, of of holding them scoreless down the stretch of that game. I mean, I, I my eyebrows just went up. 
I was like, they have not scored and they're not scoring and for the entire quarter. So I just think if they can hang their hat on defense, I mean, defense wins championships and there are no lulls on that side for them. That's what I think carries South Carolina across the line. And will Stanford have something to say about that? Absolutely. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it's clearly evident to me that South Carolina has taken the accountability on the defensive end as a team. And when that happens, it's a beautiful thing. Like I told you when we first started talking today, it's not about just getting me a bucket, get me a stop. And not just one stop for a quarter, a whole quarter. You got me stops for the whole fourth quarter. That's why I'm giving South Carolina the edge because they have that kind of bold attitude about how they play defense, period. They're completely bought in. They're completely bought in. Yes. I think yeah. um, what, what did Don Staley, she wanted uh, her team to be what mean or nasty. I forget the word she used at the beginning of the season. Oh, at the beginning uh, of the season, I was thinking what she said. Like she said, they're too nice. She said they're too nice. That's yeah, what she it was. did say. That. Yeah, and I don't think they're too nice anymore. I think they're very mean at this point. <laughs> like they are, they are mean. Um, but I, you know, here's my. I'm gonna go against you, not just to go against you, because I think Stanford, okay. Stanford, poses a big problem for South Carolina in this way. Zia Cook and Destiny Henderson are great players. Um, yes they have a tendency to turn the ball over. Stanford is one of the best teams in the country at turning you over and creating turnovers. That's true. And they have a nose for the ball that is going to come up this in this game, I think. Mm-hmm. I think if you if it, that's what's really going to determine it for me. And turnovers are huge in every single game across sports, right? But when you, when you turn over um, a team – like South Carolina, that's when you're going to get your buckets. And that's when you're going to start to see that defense lose shape a little bit, because if you have to worry about you getting out in transition, they're not going to be, um, there's not going to be able, they're not going to be able to continue as much. So that's going to be huge. If they can, if they can create enough turnovers, uh, then I think Stanford's going to pull away. I also think the other thing though, that worries me is in the post, how much can Cameron bring step, is Cameron Brink healthy? First off, I'm going to assume she is. First off, yeah. I assume she is because I want to. I want that to be true. Um, yes. But second off, how much can she stand up to Aaliyah Boston? Because Cameron Brink's really, uh, uh, she's been tremendous in this tournament. Yeah. And she's very tall, has great block radius, really good defensive instincts, but she's skinny. She yeah. She's skinny. She's skinny and long, whereas Aaliyah Boston is is you know not she's not yeah but Leah Boston will run you over is what I'm trying to say she'll be she'll she's a beast down low and she'll run you over same with the rest of um with the rest of South Carolina's bigs how does Stanford match that because if you're if South Carolina's plans are going to be okay we're going to pound them in the post and you're just going to you're going to have to push her out of the way yeah I think we're going to have an interesting matchup in terms of can Cameron bring stand up can she stay out of foul trouble and can she block shots if she can do all those things then I think Stanford's gonna gonna have um, a good time of it, but I, I just I just want to see I want to I, I think Stanford has some matchups here that are good for them, so that's why I'm going mm-hmm. with Stanford. But I think what you said about South Carolina, I mean, when you have that sort of buy-in yeah. and that sort of mentality that yeah. Don Steely puts on you, mm-hmm. you, have a great chance to win. So I, I don't 
I'm picking Stanford. You're picking South Carolina. I don't think we really care. I think we just want to see a great game. <laughs> right? <laughs> we do want to see a great game. Please, another great game. Yes, please. Put it in the bag. But listen, when, when we're talking about the, the physical stature of Cameron Brink and Leah Boston, listen, I was, I was Cameron Brink. Like mm-hmm. that was totally me. And maybe not as then, but I was not considered like a strong upper body, uh, plow you over power player. Mm-hmm. Right. I was, I was long. Uh, I was, I was long and lanky like she is, but I was more that than I was the other. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I don't think it's possible to be longer and lankier than Cameron Brown. And that's like, a compliment because she's like been one of the best blocking uh, centers yeah. in the league. Yeah, for sure. But I think, you know, you know, playing against, you know, power players, like every day, like we were talking about Vicky bullet earlier every day, I had to play against her. So it's, it's, I was more of a finesse player. So when I say that Aaliyah Boston is not like that, she's a power player. She wants to make that contact in there. She wants to get that. But for me and, and probably for Brink, it's, it's more of a finesse game. And, you know, like just I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to outquick you with my footwork defensively. And like you said, her block radius and everything like that. Like I'm going to try to get to your shot. I'm going to try to be vertical with it. But I just think they're just two different kinds of post players. Oh yeah, and and depending upon how they're utilized within their offensive sets, I think that's going to be intriguing as well. Like, are you going to try to get Aaliyah Boston in pick and roll situations if they're in man to man? Are you going to try to pull Brink? Yeah. yeah, pick and pop her. Are you going to try to pull her off the lane a little bit to try to to force um, some difficult matchups in in screening actions? I think it's going to be interesting to see that. But are you going to try to isolate? and let Brink sit right behind, and then you're going to try to block it or you're going to get in foul trouble, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, but that's what Dawn is going to do. Like, she's going to try to go with the power play. That's my guess. Like, I haven't talked to her about this. But just, <laughs> she wouldn't I, tell you if you did. I, she wouldn't tell me anyway. But I'm just thinking, like, if I had Aaliyah Boston, I'm establishing her immediately in the paint. And if I'm Stanford, I'm pulling Brink out of the paint on the offensive side. And I'm putting Boston in like several different screening actions to get Brink to the rim mm-hmm. uh, because that's what she's good at. So I want to see which of the two uh, wills of action are, are the ones that make a difference in this game, because I think it's going to come down to, yes, the guard play is intriguing to watch, but I think the game within the game is going to be inside and it's yeah. going to be uh, Brink against Boston. And, and I, I want to see how they, how they work against one another and, and the chess match of two fantastic coaches uh, in this one. And Tara Vandiver coached John in the Olympics, yeah. right? So it's like, you know, all these other layers, uh, game within the game within the game, right? Um, but it's going to be fun to see how that all, all meshes out and how it works out. Yeah, no, I'm excited to see what crazy thing decides these games that we just have no idea. Like, that's what I was thinking when <laughs> Ashton Prechtel was going off. It was like, yeah. What the hell? Like she wasn't on the scouting <laughs> report. Like no one told me about. No one told me Stanford had this person riding the bench all season long. What do you mean? Right. Like you know. So uh, I'm excited to see like what random person on all four of these teams goes off and decides the game and you know becomes a star in the final four because that's what happens. It's the beauty of yeah. basketball, man. It's the beauty hey, of the madness. It is. Hey, quick fun fact on a on a memory of Debbie Antonelli. Uh, of the late great Pat Summit, 
She uh-huh. was the uh, Debbie Antonelli played at NC State, right? Yeah. And Pat Summit, obviously coaching at Tennessee, they played Tennessee, and I believe it was in Knoxville. And Debbie Antonelli came in and was like popping these shots. And she was mad because I think Nancy Darsh was the assistant with Pat yeah. Summit at the time. And she looked over at Nancy and like, who's this number 12 kid hitting <laughs> all these shots because she wasn't on the, on the, there you go. She was on the scout, but not at the top of the scout, but. You know, she apparently went bananas, and that's one of uh, Debbie Antonelli's great uh, memories <laughs> of, of Pat and Nancy, and may they both rest in peace. But I, I thought that was like, <laughs> it just reminded me when you said that, like, who is this kid, like, hitting all these threes off the bench? Like, she's not on a scout. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> in, fairness, in fairness to Pat and Nancy, specifically Nancy, because that's probably her job. But yeah, <laughs> it's... It's hard. Like it was hard to watch film, as you know. It was hard yeah. to watch film and get scouted good scouting reports um, back then. Like it, it's much yeah. easier uh, now oh, yeah. to know exactly everyone who's oh, yeah. who's playing. Um, but yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, do you want to say again who you have winning the the whole thing, the whole shebang of bang? Oh boy! Oh boy! I mean, first of all. If you know me well, I'm giving all four of them the <laughs> trophy. <laughs> oh, you already told us who you're gonna pick. I, what I happened know. to what happened to quick decider, Christy? I I know I I've, I've fallen I've backslidden into the <laughs> into the old Christy. No, uh, you know all the teams that have made it thus far. I mean, they've just been incredible. Number one um, all season long, and especially down down in this tournament, down in the bubble in San Antonio and all that. But I think. I don't know. There's just something about South Carolina. There's just something about them that I can't, I cannot go against. And I don't know if it's a force of the universe mm-hmm. <laughs> or what it is. There's just something telling me that, that Don Staley's going to lead them to the net cutting down there in San Antonio for the championship. Um, you know, she's already captured that one net list, you know, that she got yeah. uh, with Asia a couple of years ago. And I, I think she's primed for that again. Um, I don't know. I can't, I can't, I can't quantify it. It's not a statistic. It's not a, it's a I don't know thing. how much they're going to win by, you know, I don't know if it's going to go to four overtimes or something ridiculous or crazy, but it's just something telling me that they have the, the extra it at this particular time um, collectively along with the, the experience, you know, um, I think they're going to get it. I, so I disagree, but I don't necessarily know why. Like, it's just a gut feel, like, like you said. <laughs> because you honestly, go. like, in my head sometimes it's like, I can't picture this team winning. And really, and no offense to Arizona, we're at the final four teams. Like, these teams are all great. Arizona's the only team that, like, if you told me they want to be like, that's that seems a little crazy, like, what happened? Um, the rest of the three teams, like, these are all three legendary ah, coaches at this point. They all have been the best teams in the country all season long. Like they all have big game experience. Like everyone mm-hmm. knows what they're doing here. So it's hard to pick between the three one seeds. Uh, so I've changed my mind a couple times. Right. I think I'm right now. I'm going to go with UConn. I just, it's hmm. been as much as I've enjoyed Ari McDonald, as much as I've enjoyed Keanu Williams and, and Wilson and Leah Boston and, and, and even Kristen Williams, like all these players, it's been Paige's season, right? It's been, it kind of feels like it's just, yes. just 
it, it just like one of those years, right? Where it's like, this is that person's year. And I think it ends with her and Gino and the Yukon Huskies cutting down the nets, win a national title. Um, against they go, they go, they beat Arizona, they beat Stanford. Um, both games close, but I just think, you know, to me, it's just like this season has been so defined yeah. by Paige and UConn that I just think it, it ends with them cutting down the nets. However, I will say this. I'm like dead last in the her hoop stats bracket challenge right now. <laughs> there you go. So <laughs> I would not take any of my advice. <laughs> and I'm not, I, hey, listen, I, we, we both had a vibe. We just have to go with that. You know, we right. have to just go with that. That's, that's the fun of it, right? It's a game for goodness sakes. Like it's, it's not like, you know, anything more than that, but it's, it's fun. And yeah. I, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just so proud of the game. I'm so proud of the game. Just yeah. in general, that I'm I'm thrilled for everyone uh, to be participating in it because there's nothing like the Final Four. And when you're in it, it's like, you know, you know the moment, and it is like, you know, so great. But as the years go by, that's the that's the real special part of it. Like you don't realize it when you're in it. Mm-hmm. Um, how elite, even though I know it's Final Four, but it's still it's an elite four and. The you know as the years go by, the more special that experience personally for me becomes. And every March, you know, it, it's just highlighted. Um, you know, just to to think back and reflect on on how it felt and 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 now how special it was because you just you're in it. We didn't even know. I told you before we didn't even know we were one seed. Like mm-hmm. what time is the game? And we just showed <laughs> up to play. And so I don't know. But now knowing that, you know, just you told me a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> That that uh, that kind of changes the whole thing with uh, with how how much it it meant for me just to be able to have that experience because not everyone does. Everyone wants to do that, but not everyone gets the opportunity to do it. So um, definitely grateful and blessed to to uh, be thinking about that experience as these young women are are now. Uh, right about to go into that yeah. the precipice of the, their own personal experience. And then 20 years, 30 years later, they can uh, continue to reflect on it and understand how special that moment actually is. No, I'm happy for us as fans too, because these are going to be yeah. good games. Um, and we're, you know what? Let's end on that note, because then we don't have to talk about Maryland and Texas, <laughs> the game that happened this year. Uh, <laughs> and we can just let's save that for another time because that's very yeah. cool um, yeah that was we don't want to talk about it but let's end oh. on the beautiful note of, of all yeah. these um young women nice. all these young women getting these these memories that are going to last forever like you mentioned that's going to and hopefully we have memories that last for us forever because i think this tournament has already provided so like the one shining moment whoever's editing that this year has a job like there has yeah. been a lot of great moments in this tournament from Jordan Nixon's game winner to, uh, you know, the Baylor UConn controversy to, um, you know, Paige slapping Gino's butt in the sweet 16. (laughs) (laughs) Enduring moments. It's just like this year's one shining moment is going to be really special. It's because it's been a special tournament. I think we have a special final four and championship coming up on Friday. The, The championships on Monday, right? I believe so. I, I just know they've, they've, have the first two games on Friday. Is it Friday, Sunday? 
It might be Friday Sunday. It'd be nice if it was Friday, Friday Sunday. Yeah. I shoot. I don't have it in front of me, but I know it's uh, I know Oh, it's it is Sunday. Yay. Hey. Yeah, I didn't think they would have the two days. But I do know that um, you know, that those games on Friday, you know, all the games have been the most watched um in a long yeah. time for women's basketball. And I think, you know, and I think I, I would give a lot of credit to the WNBA and what they did last summer to get eyes on the game. And I think that's going to continue on into the WNBA season as well. But I know my girl, Rachel, Rachel McNair is, is cutting the one shining moment for the men's side. So I may have to send oh. a little text and see, find out who's doing it on the women's side, but she's, she's been producing up there in New York the last uh, several seasons and one shining moment, the last three years has been her baby. So uh, I'm proud of her. The one little mentee that I, uh, <laughs> that I'm super proud of played ball at George Mason and, you know, just uh, a really sweet young lady who is getting the job done. That is the coolest job potentially yeah. in all of sports. Um, right. Certainly in college basketball. That is really cool. I, I know. I know you knew who did this on the. Yeah, you gotta find out who's doing this on the women's side. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna reach out. Yeah, I got. I, got I know, know she's probably busy. I know she's probably busy finding all the little nuggets of yeah. uh, footage right now for that. But uh, I might slip her a little note as the evening winds down and uh, find out who's doing that for the women's side. <laughs> and uh, while I think about what I'm going to say to Rachel, I'm gonna go ahead and. Uh, <laughs> We'll go ahead and cut these lights off as we move from courtside. And Gabe, it's always uh, great to catch up with you. My friend has been awesome on this edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. Where can people find you on social? Uh, at Gabe underscore Ibrahim on Twitter. Uh, on TikTok, where I'm going to have more women's <laughs> basketball and stuff. Coming on TikTok, yeah, I've been, I've been, I'm, you know, I'm with the kids, right? <laughs> I'm young. I'm a young. I'm a very young 27. I'm like a grandpa on this app, by the way. Um, but which is why I'm not going on there. There you go. <laughs> at at Ball and Order, um, tell your tell your kids about it. I will um, tell them. And uh, you know, I'll be doing more women's basketball stuff on there. And that's it. Oh, her hoop stats newsletter, herhoopstats.substack.com. Um, I haven't written anything in a little bit because we have so much great content on yeah. there from everybody else. So yeah. those are where to find me. And uh, I hope, you, you know, we have, we have like the best time of the year coming up because we have this, yeah. then draft, then boom, yes. WMBA season. I can't wait. I'm super excited. And you can find me on Twitter, Christy W. Scott 51. Same deal over there on IG. I'm not on the ticky talky, which is what I call it. <laughs> oh my God. But, uh, and my kids always drop their chin when I say it like that. Look at me like, mom, I'm like, it's whatever. It's ticky talky. I'm not on that, but go ahead and follow Gabe there on ball and order. I'll tell them about that too. So <laughs> that's going to wrap it up, wrap it up for us today, but, uh, more madness ahead. Can't wait to uh, chop it up with you. And, uh, we'll be talking about a champion next time. No, we don't.